0: You are now in tune to a 726 Studio Production. Yo, what's up and welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Today I'm joined by someone that has lived in the same countries as myself, Mr. Nick Huang. Today we'll be talking about what it was like for him moving to Belize, life in Taiwan compared to that here in Belize and what it has been like, you know, throughout those years and looking back at where he started and where he is now. So, yeah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Josh. Welcome back to Belize.
0: Uh, Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. How's it going?
1: Uh, It's been good. I would say 2022 is a year of my highest highs and lowest lows, but I celebrate any progress and I've made a lot of progress this year. So I'm thankful for that. You know, at the end of
0: the day, like, you know, sometimes you might have to take a step back, but as long as you take two steps forward, that's all that matters. So that's right. That's right. So yeah, man, um, without further ado, we share two similar countries. I was born in Belize. You were born in Taiwan, but we both went to the other country. Well, Yes, You more for something more long-term than myself, which was just first off just to study and then see what, where it goes from there. But you came to Belize in 1999 at the tender age of 10. Correct. What brought you and your family here?
1: Um, my family has a, it's an interesting situation. And um, I'm actually thankful for, for my parents for doing this my dad actually came in 1992. And then he has, uh, like, he has plans for us to I have two other siblings, and the youngest of three. And he has plans for us to basically learn our deeper foundation of Mandarin. Hence, my brother, the eldest, and my sister and, and I, we Like, all three of us came at different time. And me being the youngest, therefore, I came in 1999.
0: Okay, so
1: they came before you, so
0: you're the one left behind, in a sense.
1: Right, so in a way, I didn't come with them. I was only in Taiwan with my grandmother, while my dad and mom, my brother, and my sister were already here. So, when I first came, honestly, it was a little bit... Definitely bittersweet to leave my families in Taiwan, but the great feeling is I'm gonna reconnect with my dad, mom, my brother, and my sister here. Okay, yeah, for sure. So before we get more into that,
0: what part of Taiwan are you originally from?
1: I was born in Pingdong, and okay. that's the most southern province of Taiwan. For those don't know, yeah.
0: That's essentially the um, PG of Taiwan. So hey, <laughs> yeah. see, now, now that I'm yeah. really thinking about it. You see, yeah. even another similarity boat coming from the deep
1: south that's of right. each country. That's right. And and I think uh, Toledo, they call it also the, the district of farming. And that's what they say about Pingdong, too. Yeah, see,
0: a lot of yeah. similarities. So, yeah. you come from Taiwan, even right. though you're from Pingdong, it's yes. still more, in a sense, developed than... Believed.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: What was like your first reaction? Did you have any like culture shock? And if you did, what was it?
1: Definitely a huge part was communication. Um, I came with zero English background. And then the conveniency. And definitely another one to add to was safety. And being like growing up in a really... (laughs) Ghetto neighborhood, you know, the first thing, the first thing you arrive, they would tell you do not walk the alley alone, do not walk to the back like we would used to do in Taiwan, as long as you get back in certain time, you're fine, but um, since ever landing in Belize, it's about don't walk in this street, unaccompanied, don't go there by yourself, you know, (laughs) those kind of things.
0: Yeah, and then, so based off what you told me, is you lived in the Fort George area, specifically that of Majestic Alley. Yes. Not necessarily, you know, not
1: known to be one of the more safer places in Belize. Right, and they were at their sort of at their peak in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what was that like living in that neighborhood? You know, you go from in terms of from the taiwanese perspective boring and old laid-back ping-tong and now you're in this super heavily um how to say gang related area
1: aggressive yeah yeah
0: very aggressive what was that like
1: it's it's kind of shocking but um maybe thankful for how i was brought up in taiwan so I never backed down, <laughs> so it was kind of good um, since they know I live there. They don't really take advantage of people that's from your own neighborhood. You um, know, but yet they will still be aggressive. And I, I, I'm actually, I'm a little bit like I'm, I'm a bit thankful that, that they were aggressive, you know, and up to this day, I still connect with a lot of people from the neighborhood. And they would tell me, you know, when you were young, we had to, we had to see what you got, and we gotta tough you up. So I mean, hey,
0: that that's one way to look at it, right?
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, it's just growing up in Taiwan, where I came from, uh, obscene language is a no-no because we're a very traditional family, traditional neighborhood. But being in that area, it's oof, it's like three meals, you know, <laughs> you hear bad words, the worst of the worst. And um, and it's not even bad words, it's like bad phrases. Those people are so fluent in their obscene language and threats that <laughs> it's just, you know, seeing even up to now, you see people of like seven year, eight year old, they would know how to threaten you and let you like create fear in you. And growing up in that, at that age, it was a little bit... Um, New, and one of the funny thing is that since I didn't know any English, whatever they say to me, I would go home and ask my older brother. And then it has been like 80 80%, (laughs) percent, eighty percent to ninety percent of the time, all the things I ask are not good things, and he wouldn't answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't learn it. Don't learn it. Don't learn it. Don't learn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I can't translate that one for you. I can't give you the real meaning behind it
1: right until later he eventually did and then just said you don't have to repeat it but just letting you understand what they're saying they don't really mean it but that's just their daily language yeah
0: i like how you put it though you you said they were fluent in it
1: yes yes it's it's um i i bond with them mostly at the basketball court and um, it's right behind my house and um and one of the one of the big differences of the culture shock, too, is I, I love basketball and in Taiwan, it's very you follow the rules so you can call your own foul and which I learned is not a good thing. I believe you you you've experienced this when you play in Taiwan. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of it's not a false call, depending on the places and, and it's not it's not smooth to the game. And I'm um, growing up in, in, in Bleach City playing street ball with those people. They don't call fall. <laughs> so if you're playing aggressive, it's just a lot of trash talk. It's just a lot of, you know, and, and the trash talks are fluent too. So, and I understand why, because you will have the elder people playing with the young people. And if the elder people, that's what they do every time they play, the young people pick it up fast. You know, and they would tell them if you don't if you don't be aggressive, you're going to be taken advantage of. And that's that's their that's their mentality. Like they would grow their youngsters to be aggressive. So they're on the advantage side.
0: Yeah. And I like how they kind of tie it into everything they do, whether it's everyday life, um, playing basketball, no matter what it is, you have to be aggressive.
1: Yes. Yes, that's their that's their that's their way of living.
0: So coming here, you said you were the last one to come. So I'm assuming you already had like, you know, an idea of what to expect, kinda, but
1: without not really. Not really. Okay. Not really. Um I think nineteen ninety-nine is still very lack of um telecommunication. So I remember when my dad used to call home, it's only like two to five minutes call because the, the, the bill is super expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's just to inform my grandmother how they're doing, you know? And as a child, I don't think they have to prepare me. Just come here, they're gonna take care of me. And that was it. And I think uh, the, the, the the thing I was thankful for the most is I got here around July, and the school starts September. So as I got here, my dad immediately got me a tutor for the two months being for me to catch up. And ooh, that was a, because he got a he got a Belgian tutor, speaks no Mandarin. I speak I spoke no English, so that was a. I had to learn. That was the only way I can do, understand what she was saying. I had to learn, or else we won't we won't progress from the lessons. So,
0: how did that work out for you in that two months?
1: <laughs> I still remember vividly some of the memories. Um, she would use examples from the house, and I remember she brought this cup. So the cup was a glass cup, clear, but with red designs, some red flowers and some fishes, and she pointed at the cup saying fish. And in my mind, <laughs> I see the finger point, pointing at the glass. It could mean glass, it could mean cup, it could mean red, <laughs> <laughs> it could mean fish. And then, you know, it's a long process for figuring out what she meant was fish. And that's, that's how mostly it went. And then, yeah, because I think we're going by alphabets. So it's A B C D E F, and when we reach F, it was fish. So she brought a cub, and she's like fish, and then I was all confused. It's really tough, but definitely that was a hit start. It was it was a hit that I really have to learn. I really have to grasp. At least I mean, it's the basics. It's the it's the alphabets. It's numbers. It's the the days of the week. And I was already 10 people at my age, at 10, they would, they would have conversations easily. And I would go out and I would just be quiet, you know? So like when, because my parents used to take me out and see how things were, I can only stay quiet. So I think after a month, the second month I was really hit and then... I told myself I have to learn or else I don't understand what they're saying. I can't tell people what I want to tell them. And my brother already got tired of me coming home and asking him every day. So I had to force myself to communicate.
0: That that sounds really tough because like for myself, got to Taiwan, all the classes are in English, but we have right. that basic Mandarin class. And at times... You know, even that would seem tricky. And that's because the teacher is still translating for us. But right. it's now you learning something completely different, you have zero knowledge. Right. And, and you're thrown into class 100% in English slash Creole with the right. classmates and what's not.
1: Right. I think it took me um, almost two years to have a little confidence to, to, to conversate with people.
0: But at that yep. point, you were like, "How long did it take you to really understand?"
1: Year and a half to two.
0: Okay, and that's that's because it's every day in the classroom,
1: right? Right. The first first year, well, when school started, first year, um, fortunately, I was in class with a twin Taiwanese, so the teacher put put me next to them, and they were super kind to almost translate everything so my ear my first year was sort of get by like getting to know the routines of school because the hours are different um getting to know how things work and you know when you come you don't understand much it's just a lot of observance the systems are different um the schools you go you know when you're at that age everything is new and you're just watching and then what they were translating is just for me to get by and then the bare minimum right and then i was transferred to another school and that's that's not like that's a push for me to really push academics so i think year one was mostly basic vocabulary now year two that's when i can start to understand what questions you're asking And I can answer you in phrases and in sentences instead of just, no, I don't understand. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: So now you're here, you're going through these, you know, adjustments and what's not, was there any point in time where you were like, I wish I was back in Taiwan instead?
1: Definitely a lot of times, a lot of times, especially, um, I'm very family and friend-based. And especially when you're in, in the process of learning, first few years, you really feel as if though there's no friend. And it's just, I remember my first few years being in Belize, it's just a lot of learning, um, catching up with the language, and then basketball. But basketball is just like a competition sport. You don't really make friends. So I would, I would really miss having my cousins in Taiwan and then those friends, classmates I have in Taiwan to, to go out, ride bike around the neighborhood and those things weren't the things I do in the first few years when I was here. So all along, all along, you know, you wish you compare. But um, I think past teenage, around teenagehood, that's when I really made the decision that I know I'm going to be here in Belize permanently. That's when um, the mindset would change. Whatever you're comparing in my whatever I was comparing in my mind, I would know it's temporary. And if I want to have a balanced life of Taiwan and Belize, it's up to me to work, as you know, the, the expenses are super high, going back and forth. So it's up to me to work. And if I want to go back, that's my control of how hard I work to, to earn it. So but before that, it's just a lot of comparing, oh, I wish I was in Taiwan for this. Oh, but but please Belize, believe nature was a super shock to us in a good way. Because how pure it is, so whenever we go back, we will love, we would talk about Belize's fresh air and, and how beautiful the sky is. We're from Belize city. So you get that sea view and that's, that's something we don't have in Taiwan. So it's always, you know, all the, there's pros and cons on both sides.
0: Yeah, there always will be. I think, right. I think the main thing I got out of all of that was like, you know, try your best to not compare things when you when you start comparing that's when you start being miserable because you're like right this place had this and this other place had this but
1: yeah there was this phrase um comparison is the beginning of pain so Uh, tell me about it right and i think if people have that mindset then they would use comparison differently i would compare for progress purpose For problem-solving purpose, yes, but not compared to just for the sake of comparing because it would be painful. There's always going to be something better. There's there's always going to be grass that's greener if you're looking, you know.
0: And that's what's what's happening to me right now because, you know, especially since COVID, I I haven't been back home in, what, two years and a half? Well, until now. Right. And so, because I got used to the way things are in Taiwan, I right. get back here, and especially in PG, PG is a very, very laid-back place. Not much to do here. Right. So it's like, hmm, uh, when I was in Taiwan, I had this to do. I could go here. I could go there. And then that yeah. makes it, you know, it makes it harder for you to actually enjoy being here
1: because you think. To- to- Right. I've listened to some of your podcasts and then, um, I definitely can grasp what you, what what you mean. And I would sometimes share with people, you would understand this. I would sometimes share with people living in Taiwan is like the HSR high speed rail. And then coming back to Belize is transitioning to a high speed rail to walking.
0: Oh yes. 100%. (laughs) <laughs> right. So your
1: daily life is super high speed, fast life. And suddenly everything is super slow,
0: especially the shift from Taipei
1: to PG. right. <laughs> That's a, uh, I don't think n- not much people can grasp the idea of difference. of yeah. Taipei And PG it's a, it's a different world. That's all I can say
0: Com- completely different, but completely yeah, bro. Different. Um, so moving on, you, you're here in Belize, right? Right. More often than not, I've I've been guilty of doing it. Right. Belizeans tend to look at all Asians and assume, right. Ch- Chinese. Right. So, what was that like for you? Because I'm I'm 100 sure they have assumed you're Chinese before.
1: Definitely, absolutely. It's it's an everyday thing, and um, it's every day, every day scenario that. Most people would assume you don't talk Creole. I mean, I'm speaking English with you at this podcast, but most of the time I would speak Creole in my daily life and um, you would have people be like, why anyone know you speak Creole or you know, why Chinese, why how you this and that. And I've learned that I would only respond to people who really want to hear the response. Meaning um I would get questions a lot, like, so you that Chinese or you that what? And then I would say, You really want to know the answer, or are you just asking for asking sake? And um if people have the time and they're really wanting like uh they're willing to learn, then I would share the differences. But I must say there's been a drastical change compared to when I was here, when I just first got here. Because yeah 1999 up to about early 2000s information wasn't uh like the internet wasn't a, wasn't a big thing yet so not a lot of people have the information so it's just what people told them and you know people would tell them all the asians you see are chinese so a lot of people don't even have the information that Asians equals so many countries of people. To them, Asian equals the Chinese. Chinese equals to Asians. But now, with the internet, you have a lot of people that's growing up, they would Google their own stuff, they would learn on their own, they would know the differences. And then another thing that um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Taiwan is doing a great job is giving the scholarships to the people. And I think it's about 15 years plus that they've been doing this so it definitely for people like you to to get a deeper understanding of what taiwan was and i bet i bet it was a it was a shocking experience of what you thought asia would have been and then you will learn the differences of what people talk about in about the chinese and and taiwanese and i would this is the answer that i've came up After years of um, answering, when the when they would ask, it's because some some people would still argue about Taiwanese descent being Chinese. So my answer to all of this would be: my ethnicity is Chinese Han, but culturally and politically, I would call myself Taiwanese, and that's where the differences would come in.
0: Yes, and like I agree with that, like after being there for so long it's the same thing i say like yeah taiwanese and chinese are the same in the sense of their ethnicity right but that's about it right the the lifestyle the way you're brought up everything is way different right right it's just like comparing uh i don't know any other culture that lives in different countries right you're i mean well ethnicity sorry You are all same based on that, but based on the way you're brought up, you all have a different behavior.
1: Right. The the political system definitely creates a different cultural um, shifts. And when you have different cultural shifts, it definitely creates different values. And I think values are what creates um, personalities. So I think that's what um, stands out as as, as a Taiwanese group. They would have their personality and and yeah, like here I've met a lot of people that's more I think I think I would still meet people that would say, oh, Chinese are the same Uh, like I would get I would get comments even to like they would say, oh, Japanese, Korean, Taiwanese, same Chinese and. I would just think <clears throat> it's because some people like to use the word ignorant, but I w- I would want to use the word unexposed. And we have a lot of people that's exposed, and that would, they would definitely tell the difference. But every day, I would still meet people that's unexposed, and they would assume the same. And I, I can't really, it's not I can't really point fingers at say Belizeans because you know you would know this too. If you're in Taiwan and you tell people about Belize, you tell people about Guatemala to the Taiwanese people, they would still only know Americas. Like all of Canada, Mexico, that's the Americas. And then all the Southern Southern American countries you mentioned, that's Southern American to them. So it's, it's almost the same thing all over the world. This side of the world, everything for them is China. Yeah. <laughs> that side of the world, everything for them is America. Until yeah. you're exposed, that's when you get the detailed understanding of the specifics.
0: You know, the part with like them not knowing Belize and all these other countries, my best way to describe is I would, right. always, I would always have to either mention the US and be like, yeah, it's not too far away. Or if Mexico. They, yeah, if they knew where Mexico is, I'm like, okay, you see Mexico? Okay, right below Southern
1: it. Southern Mexico, right. Yeah, they're like, right,
0: oh, right. okay, okay, okay. And then that's how they understand. But other than that, it's it's a challenge. So, yeah, man, Um, I, I really like the way you put it, the uh, unexposed. Because I myself, before I went to Taiwan, it was like, okay, I can't tell the difference at all. And then after just a little bit of time in Taiwan, I come back and then I start looking at things differently. I'm like, wait, hold up. These people are Taiwanese. That person is Taiwanese. And these are people I've encountered many times before, mostly in Bemapan. Right, right. I lived in Bemapan for quite some time. And so like each Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, we would go to a court, me and my friends, when I was like in early high school years, right. and we would always play these Asian guys, but of course, we're assuming they're all Chinese. Right. And now when I look back at it, they were all Taiwanese.
1: Yeah. I probably know who you're talking about too. <laughs> like, like, and I, and I bet you, not even only the Chinese and Taiwanese, I bet you can even differentiate the Japanese and Korean as well.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Now, like, like once you get an understanding, it, it becomes way easier.
1: Right, right.
0: Like take, for example, um, who's one person, Andy, Andy from, right. from Mosa. Andy, from- the name of his place is for Mosa. Right. And Formosa is Taiwan. Correct. And, but you see, back then, I hear Formosa. I just think that's just the name of a business, and that's about right. it. Right. And then there was this like this other older Taiwanese guy that would always go with them. I remember when I was in the process of the scholarship and was not having to go to the embassy. Mm-hmm. I was at the embassy one day, and I saw this guy come in there. I'm like, wait, hold up. So does that mean he's Taiwanese too? So I'm yeah, like, it missed, damn. I think it's Mr. Loki. I I'm not, sh- I'm not too yes. sure. Like a like a <laughs> like a chubby guy, older guy.
1: Right, right. Right, Plays basketball. hmm
0: yeah, yeah. Like in Belmont, the they like to call him nice. Yeah. Because whenever he shoots, he likes to say nice shot all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that's the name he has in Belmont, nice. Yeah. But simple things like that. And thanks to you know the scholarships, a lot of people going out there. I feel like not only do those people get to become more exposed also their friends and family because when they come back they start to correct the people they know and be like right you know this person is actually not chinese they're xyz and then you you can give them a little bit of pointers on how to try and differentiate them right so yeah it's, it's a big change it's a big learning so yeah man um now you've been here for some while. Then you went back to Taiwan, back on track to what we were talking about. Why was it that you went back to university in Taiwan rather than keep studying here in Belize, which you already finished off primary school and did high school?
1: I think at, uh, at the point of high school, that's when it would go back to the question you asked. At that time, at that time, I would I was doing major comparisons. And my passion at that time was definitely design. And I wasn't just seeing anything here in Belize that I could have absorbed from. So I really fought for the chance to be in Taiwan and to expose to what they have to offer in design. And that would be, um, that, w- that was a, a I, I, all I remember in Fort Farm is I only have one goal. And that is to work towards going to study in Taiwan, and that is one goal that my family don't want me to pick. So there was a lot of huge family uh, issues, but at the end, I I went back to Taiwan. Was it like a? Did you think
0: like? At the time you really want to go back right right when you got back was it like mm, this isn't really what i expected or was it what you expected going
1: back it was what i expected but what i wasn't prepared for was definitely fast pace, because i was from pingdong so um, the pace is definitely different and i wasn't prepared for that it's i think a nice way to put it would be, Taipei is a such strong current. So when you dive into it, the current takes you, and you've been there, so you know how strong the current is. <laughs> and you just weren't ready,
0: for, especially. Hey, you're you're coming from Pingtung, one, right, right, and then you you transition to Belize. That's even more slower, right? It's even yeah, and then now you go all of a sudden you you ramp it up to max yeah. max
1: speed. Right. So if you and, and at that age, your time management, your self awareness isn't there. So the current takes you. So yes, I was learning exactly what I wanted to learn. But at the same time, I was doing a lot of things I wasn't prepared for. And that would take off a lot of times that I had goals when I set for myself the intentions I had for myself when I was there. So I would say um, that would that would be some of it are definitely destructions. yes
0: so when you went back did you ever have the plan like okay i'm gonna stay in taiwan now or is it like this is just for university Then i go back to belize because i had a i had a primary school classmate we went to different high schools but still in belize and then i think she did university in taiwan and she's still back in taiwan now did you ever did it ever come across your mind like okay
1: at I'm going to go back to stay. The last year of university, um, that's a question I get a lot. Like, the, family, the families, they would ask, some teachers, they would ask when you graduate, what you're going to do? Are you going to be here? Are you going to be in Belize? And I remember at that time, my answer was, I have plans for both places. Um, I come from a very, uh, we, we, we I come from a very religious family. We, we believe in God's guidance. So I think, thanks to my family and my mentors, they would tell me to plan out your route and just don't plan out in Taiwan, nor just don't plan out in Belize. So I, I had plans as if though I was going to stay in Taiwan, and I had plans as if though I was going to come back to Belize. And then I would see where God takes me or wherever I flow from there. And ironically, <laughs> um, my dad, I, I received a phone call from my dad and he, he signed up for a business contract and he needs people on his team. So immediately after school, I came back to Belize.
0: That was a call right there.
1: Right and then knows,
0: maybe without the call
1: we're I not even we're not we're not even
0: making this call <laughs>
1: <laughs> could be but um i definitely at that time the plans i had for Blees, if i came back it was if i haven't um made the move to come back to Blees in 2013 there i would still come back to Belize. like that's deeply rooted in my heart sometime in my life i will be back and only God knows why, the time was 2013, and here I am, like, I visit places a lot. I still do visit Taiwan on a year or two-year basis, but I am, I'm rooted here in San Ignacio. So it's, it's really hard for me to, to say I'm making moves somewhere else now. I'm, I'm rooted here, you yep. know?
0: Yeah. You're Belizean at this point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Super Belizean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To wrap
0: things up, let's just, you know, let's look back at the journey from then to now. What do you think has been the best thing that has happened to you by moving to
1: Belize? That's a very good question. And I think this is a question I would still ask myself in the future it's a it's a ongoing and you know i would update my answers all the time but as of now it's definitely the expanding of vision or what we talked about earlier being exposed being in belize you're not only exposed to to different ethnicities different cultures and since we're like a what they call like caribbean hub you're in touch with Central America and the Caribbeans. So you learn not only the Central American cultures or informations about the Central America, you also learn information about the Caribbean. And I think comparing myself to someone in Asia, this, this is very uh, fortunate to, to be placed here to learn all the things that I'm um, able to learn here. So that is one of the, thing that i'm very grateful for you know like um i like to say different cultures are like different seasonings to your food and i definitely love this legion seasoning
0: well seasoned huh
1: well seasoned right, right.
0: <laughs> okay so now On another note, also, like, you know, a lot of people are always moving to somewhere else each and every day. Right. If there's someone that's listening that's about to go somewhere, what is, like, something important that they should know before they move to a new country, community, whatever?
1: A lot of preparation. And um, each to their own is very different. Uh, Some people are very sensitive to weather. And a lot of people are very sensitive to how they eat, what they eat. Some people don't care about those things. It's the people that um, they interact with. So I think it's, it's all about doing a lot of homework, you know, doing a lot of research about your space and how you go about your day. If you're, you're someone that wants to, to stay alone you would know if in Taiwan, Shinzu or Ilan would be a great place for that. And then you travel to Taipei for whatever errands you want to have. But if you're someone that wants to involve in activities, then you want to look around your neighborhood for all the things that you can do and you want to stay, you want to pick a neighborhood. But I think a lot of people would miss out on preparing the mindset. It's like a meditation of transitions. Like you have to Picture it so that so that you make a smooth transition. It's so that it doesn't hit you as hard as when I listen to your other podcasts. You mentioned about someone that arrived in Bel- arrived in Taiwan, a Belgian student, and they immediately quit. Yeah, and I've met people like that, and I think they were just too comfortable where they were, and not a lot of people have. Um, you know, giving giving, giving them the heads up to what to expect, because when you change environment, I don't know if you feel this way. But when you go into different time zones, the atmosphere, the atmosphere feels different, the energy feels different already. So imagine you stepping into a different time zone, different weather, different space, different culture, you eat different foods you know there's a idiom in in mandarin that when you change locations um it's called sui tu bu and to to transit to translate word by word is water soil not compassion not okay meaning when you change locations the the water and the soils change and you have to sort of adapt to it and if you don't prepare yourself to adapt Many people would you know, culture shock and a lot of things. You just won't last.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you have a give yourself a hard time if you're not prepared. That's right. Okay, well man, thanks thanks for taking the time out just to share your story about moving to Belize.
1: Thank you very you know, much, very much for having me.
0: A lot of people haven't had the chance to get the Taiwanese perspective of being between the two countries because well, you know, Right. I only went to Taiwan. I had a former classmate that is Taiwanese background, but he basically grew. I think, yeah, he was born and raised in Belize, so he doesn't have the same experience as you did. Right.
1: So yeah, man. Thanks for sharing. But can I put in? Uh-huh. Can I put in another? <laughs> uh, uh. I want to put in another thing that I think. Um, yeah. Sure. I've no observed. problem. Go ahead. I've observed this, and I think it's very important for people like you as well that has been transitioning from different countries. I think it's very important that you find the balance of where your input is and your output is. I would put myself, whenever I go back to Taiwan, that would be my input. I learn as much as I can. Then when I come back to Belize, that's where I release my output. Hence, I am okay with the slow pace is in Cairo, it's really slow compared to Taipei as well. So when I, whenever I was in Taiwan, I will live as fast as I can. Then when I come back to Belize, I'm prepared for all the slow pace to process all that I can process. So for those people that that are traveling from countries to countries, or that people soon will be in Taiwan or soon coming back to Belize, it's really good to know where you stand. And where you will stand in the future, and that would help you with better intentions of how to live now and how to live in the future.
0: Great, great words of advice, words that I have to take into account right now.
1: Much appreciated.
0: But Thank before, you. but before you go, yes, I have some rapid fire questions. Just, just some stuff <laughs> to, see, to see what what you say. Right um ready when you are i'm ready so the first one <laughs> rice and beans or stinky tofu
1: Ooh, <laughs> oh these two are good i love rice and beans i love stinky tofu but for now i would say stinky tofu because i have access to rice and beans and i have a lot i have lots of access to rice and beans now so now i do miss my stinky tofu
0: Cho Do Fu for the win. Of course, you're a Taiwanese. You see, <laughs> you, just right. proved, you just proved your Taiwanese side with that answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Next up, because you're someone, I didn't mention it earlier, but because you're someone that, well, you did say you like sports, but you're someone that runs a lot. Yes. I'm assuming you listen to a lot of music when you're running. Yes. Um. Let's look at both countries. Who are your favorite artists from both countries,
1: Belizean and Taiwanese? Ooh, that's a very good one the um, Belgian artist that I really love at the moment is definitely J Kaz so
0: yeah Jay, I agree yeah. with you on
1: no, that um, you can feel soul in his works and a Taiwanese artist that I've loved he's not um, active as as now as as he was before is South Lipa Dan Bao. South and, uh, Lipa. Yeah, I'm a very lyrical person, and he has a lot of classics from South Lippa.
0: South Lippa, I, I, I'm not too sure if I've heard any of his songs, but you know?
1: I'm sure if, you have if heard.
0: I'm, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I think I was at a ramen ramen place in the Shillin area with my right. girlfriend one day. Because he's an older rapper, right? One of the older...
1: Right, one of the, yeah. Okay. Classics, we call it yeah. Taiwan, Taiwanese OGs.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, he was right at the same place eating ramen one night uh, I was there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But now that I'm, I searched him up, yeah, I do know one song with him in it. Right. Um, that trip.
1: Okay. With OZ. Yeah,
0: that's the only song I know from him.
1: <laughs> but um, I, I would want to mention another upcoming artist. His name okay. is Yellow. He's more of like soul r b jazz type of singer okay personal friend of mine and he's recently on the uprising so he's a he's a very active artist now and i love his music
0: how do you spell his name
1: yellow it's
0: the same color yellow
1: right but i think his special um account would be he would have the y and the the e would be a three okay and lo Okay. Got it.
0: So next up, one more question is where's a place you would recommend people to visit
1: in both countries. In Belize, definitely you have to try the inland and the keys, the inland. You have to visit Cayo for their waterfalls. There are hundreds of waterfalls. I believe some Belizeans will be even shocked for this. There are hundreds of waterfalls in Cayo that you have to really discover. And the Keys, the Caribbean Sea is just absolutely amazing. It's breathtaking every single time. And as you would know this too, as a Belizean, it still still, is so beautiful, even the 10th time, the 20th time you visit
0: I mean, then, to, to be fair, I've only been to the Keys once and I did that um, my first summer after Taiwan. I went with um, Leon and Jason. That uh, They were the uh, ones okay. that decided, okay, let's Key go. Cocker? Yeah.
1: Right. But yeah, you should go again. I would recommend you again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then in Taiwan? In Taiwan, it's definitely going to be Hualien and Taidong because they're super, the nature is still reserved and Hualien is definitely my favorite place to visit whenever I'm back in Taiwan because it's just it consists of mountains and the sea and I remember camping there once and when I woke up that was one of the most beautiful moments in my life in the mornings to the left it's high mountains and it's super close and you look to the right that's the sea so you can you wake up you can either go for a hike or go for a swim
0: Get the and best all, about worlds.
1: Right. And it's all preserved super well.
0: Nice. And last but not least, what's your favorite quote? I know you're a man of many words, especially on your Twitter. Right. So what is a favorite quote of yours?
1: I wanna share this one that um, I grew up in shout out to B S, Lee's Elementary School. That's the elementary I graduated from. And when I was In standard four, when I was still learning English, there was this poster and I didn't know that it affected me so much in my life and I still live by it. And the poster says, live your everyday to the fullest. And I think I've just been living by this a lot since the day. I don't grasp the meaning of it yet, but every day it's a a chance to live it to the fullest. And it's in your control to live your everyday to the fullest.
0: Some very simple words with a heavy meaning. Right. Well, man, thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for like I said earlier, cash. it was greatly appreciated. Um there's a lot that you got going on that we have yet that like we weren't able to touch in on this episode, but for That's sure fair. once you're down we can definitely make
1: definitely. something
0: happen again in the future.
1: Yes. And if you're in Belmopan, I would love to jump some basketball sessions. Yeah, man. I'll let you know I have to go up to Belmopan sometime
0: soon because that's like my second home in Belize. So I have to make that happen. Yes. Okay. And with that said, I'll be catching you guys on the next episode. Peace.